welcome to episode 84 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out which games you forgot to track during a convention. No? Just me? Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about our experience and all the games that we played at Dice Tower Con 2019. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is that two weeks from today, as in the day that you are all listening to this, assuming you're listening to it on the day it releases, I will be at Gen Con. And it's my very first Gen Con ever. So I'm pretty excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. So if you are going to be at Gen Con, uh, make sure that you stop by the Dice Tower booth and come say hello to me because I will be there quite a bit. Uh, Not like all day, every day, thankfully, but I'll be there quite a bit. So come say hello. So we just got back from Dice Tower Con, (laughs) which was a lot of fun and our last convention together for a while. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, well, I guess that that brings up an interesting point, Ambie, because prior to this convention, uh, I think no no one would have maybe understood what that meant. Yes. Do you do you do you want to mention here on the podcast why uh, you and I sure. won't be seeing each other at any conventions for a little while? Sure. Um so if you haven't seen like any of the videos or things from Dice Tower Con, uh I am pregnant. <laughs> Yay! So I will be having twins in either September or October. Um, We're hoping for October. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. But yeah, but because of that, I I probably won't be traveling much in the near future. <laughs> yeah, we'll that see. that is understandable. And I I imagine all of our listeners will want to congratulate you. So uh, feel free to tweet at us or whatever to congratulate Ambie. Uh, This has been a secret that has been very fun for me to keep because I've known for a long time Mm -hmm. and now everybody else knows too. Uh, The people kept coming up to me at Dice Tower Con and being like, okay, so I saw Ambie out of the corner of my eye and she she's pregnant, right? Like nobody (laughs) wanted to say anything, even though at this point you are fairly visibly <laughs> yeah <pregnant>. i know <laughs> i was like, hoping every- for more reactions but people are too polite for that <laughs> <laughs> well it's i mean you were pretty small to start with so i feel like most people are pretty sure but yeah you don't want to be you don't want to say something to someone if you're not a hundred percent certain and so i i think that was nice that people were trying to be polite even though it just made mm-hmm. it funnier <laughs> So yes, no conventions for you for a little while. But just in case anyone is worried or wondering, we at this point do not plan on changing anything for the Blitz episode release schedule. But there there might be some changes that happen in the midst of all of that in the fall or whatever else. And if that does happen, we'll let you all know. But I think... For me personally, we're, we're trying to keep things as normal as possible yeah. um, as far as you all are concerned. So you mm-hmm. will probably not notice significant differences uh, in the show. But if you do, we'll let you know that that's coming up in advance. And obviously, mm-hmm. Ambie is allowed to take as much time off <laughs> as she wants because making twins is hard work. <laughs> so back to Dice Tower Con. Um, so uh, we played quite a few games, I think. Yeah. I, right? I mean, I not, not like... The, not like you normally at a con levels yeah. of gaming, but uh, a decent number of games for sure. Yeah, so I, I played a, actually a lot of new games. Um, I played 21 new to me games. Oh, some of those were demos because they had an exhibitor hall with a lot of demos of new games. So I got to like try out a lot of those new games, which was fun. 
I think my number is close to 20 as well for new games that I tried. Yeah, and then I played like four existing games that I already knew. And I played, I believe, like 10-ish games that I had already known prior. So similar. Yeah. So what were some new games that you played that you really liked? Well, I think I am required to mention QE only because I was, I'm the one who brought it to the con and I taught it to, I think, five or six different groups of people over the course of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, after I played it the first time, which was with you, I was like, oh, I have to play this again. And so I just kept playing it. So QE is a bidding game that was published a few years ago and BoardGameTables.com is re-releasing a new edition of it at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter, so I got my copy right before Dice Tower Con. And the thing with this game is uh, similarly to High Society, which I believe we've discussed on the show before, whoever spends the most money over the course of the game loses automatically. And then after that, whoever has the most points wins. But the trick is in this game, your money is not limited in any way, shape or form. You can bid any amount you want on any auction at all. No limits. You've got a marker board and you can write down 10 or 10 billion if you want. (laughs) You can write down any amount of money. And so it's very interesting because not all of the bids are public. The auctioneer each round uh, gets to give the winning tile to whoever won it, but not everybody gets to see what the winning bid was. So there's a lot of like hidden information and you're trying to suss out uh, how much money other people have spent. It's really interesting. Uh, you played this with me once, Ambie, but yes. I, I this is not generally your favorite genre of games. No. Yeah, so I don't really like bidding auction games. So I, I can see like that it's a good game, but it's not for me because auctions stress me out a lot. But Toby played it with you later and it was one of his favorite games at the convention because he really likes auction games. Um, it's also reminiscent of Ponzi Scheme, which is a different game, economic game with some like trading and bidding stuff where like if you have too much, then you lose. <laughs> it's interesting because I've, I've seen people play in Ponzi Scheme and I remember someone mentioning to me that I should not play it because it's a very mean game. Is yeah. that? Would- uh, yeah, so it's more direct because you're trading with specific people and like, trying to get their uh, items because you can take the item from them after oh, they have okay. acquired it. So, but, but it had like similar feeling for me, but Ponzi scheme's a lot more complicated and yeah, I think meaner. <laughs> it's interesting because I keep waiting for QE to be broken one of the times that I play <laughs> it. Like, and so far every game has gone differently and none of them have felt entirely broken. Mm-hmm. I ha- did play a couple of games where one of the players like had trouble winning any of the auctions. And I feel like for that person, it wasn't as fun because if you're not winning any points, then it can be a little bit frustrating. But I, I just, I kept, I was like, oh, clearly somebody's going to figure out how to break this game and win every time. And I have not seen that happen yet in mm-hmm. a few, quite a few plays. So uh, QE was definitely one of the hits of the convention for me. And I was happy to get to teach it to a bunch of people. Yeah. What about you? Uh, were there any specific standouts of the new games that you played? I had wanted to try Slide Quest. <laughs> oh my is... gosh. Slide Quest. <laughs> it's a new children's dexterity game. It's kind of like the old game Labyrinth with a metal ball that you're rolling around and trying not to drop in the holes, but it's cooperative and you can play up to four people and each person controls one of the sides of this board and you're getting this knight to go through a path and there's a bunch of different levels. So it's like a video game. You either have to like just go through the path or you can push enemies into holes 
Um, you have to avoid dynamite and all this stuff, different stuff. So yeah, this is really basically, fun. if Labyrinth and Doodle Quest had a oh, yeah, board Doodle game <laughs> baby, that's what this is. Yeah. So uh, we demoed it and then bought it <laughs> immediately after because... I'm so bummed that I didn't so just fun. buy it without playing it. Because I saw it was on sale for 20 bucks in the vendor hall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I should just buy it. And then I didn't. And then it was sold out. And I was so sad. Yeah. So we yeah, we played it a good amount <laughs> at the convention. So that, that was one of my favorite games of the convention, Slide Quest. Well, and it's interesting because it, it doesn't look like it should work as well as it does. But like mm-hmm. the little knight is this plastic figurine that has a yeah. metal ball bearing yeah, ball. in the bottom of it. Like, so he rolls, but like not quite as well as a ball, but not, not quite as difficultly as a figurine. It's honestly, engineering wise, it's brilliant. And mm-hmm. I really liked playing with it, playing it with you. And I'm definitely going to be getting a copy at some point. Yeah. Another game that I played, well, I played, we played a partial game of it is Indonesia. So we got this game at a flea market at a different convention and we brought it because our friends wanted to play it. And Toby had played it before, but Indonesia is a splatter game. So it's a heavier game. It takes like three hours to play, but we didn't have that much time. So we only played two thirds of the way through it. And it's a game where you're building up companies and... The, co- the companies produce different products and you're like shipping them to towns to get money. But then you can merge companies together and you can merge anyone's companies together. Like it do- you don't have to have it. So you merge them and then they go to auction. And so like anyone can buy that new company and then the people who used to own it get paid out. So it can be pretty mean, I guess, but not too mean because you still get paid out for if, if you owned the company before. And I know I said I don't usually like auctions, but like for <laughs> this was more fun for me because I guess it has a lot of other stuff too. It's not just auctions. Um, so like, yeah, the merging was interesting. And then also there's like supply and demand delivery, which is similar to Food Chain Magnet. If you've played that before, it has like a supply demand thing in it where where um, the, the cities want certain things. And then once it's fulfilled, no one else can deliver that good to them. So you're like, trying to make sure you can deliver because so that you can get the income. But yeah, it was it was fun. We didn't get to finish the whole game, but I'm looking forward to playing it more because we own it. <laughs> <laughs> I've still never played any of the Splatter titles. I wonder mm-hmm. which one, in theory, if I wanted to try a Splatter game. I feel like Food Chain Magnate would probably be the one I would go for just because I like the theme so much, mm-hmm. but I don't actually know if that would be the best one for me. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've only played most of them like once or partial games, so it's hard for me to compare them all. Yeah. So another thing that I got to try uh, that I was very excited about is I got to play the prototype of the new Return to Dark Tower game Mm. that Restoration Games is going to be coming out with. So for those of you who aren't aware, Restoration Games is a company that brings back older games and kind of retools them and updates the rules and the artwork and everything to make them better. And so other games of theirs that we've played and talked about in the past are things like Downforce and Fireball Island, other things like that. Dark Tower was a very popular electronic game in the 80s, and it was their most requested title from people. And they announced last year at Gen Con that they were going to be bringing it back as Return to Dark Tower. They have a Kickstarter that will be coming out, I believe, in October of this year. 
and then the game will release next year, so in 2020. Return to Dark Tower is a cooperative game where you are attempting to build up your little heroes and guys to be strong enough to go into the tower and fight these beings. I think, I don't remember what they're called, like celestial beings or monsters or something. There's four of them in the tower that you have to defeat to beat the game. And the coolest part about this game is the tower itself, which was not part of the prototype, but in the final production copy of the game, you will have a physical tower that will sit in the middle of the board and it will have a whole bunch of little windows and doors on it that are magnetically locked and you're going to be playing on an app and the app will be talking to the tower via bluetooth and those doors will be able to open during the course of the game to kind of be your timer and count down the tower will also spin light up with different runes and the runes kind of take your abilities away from you if they're facing you. So that's why the tower has to be able to spin because you can actually, if a rune is facing you that you don't like, you can spin the tower by doing a certain thing to make them face other people. Uh, You also drop things into the tower like blight, which is bad and these crystals, which are good. And when you drop them in, they might sit in the tower for a little while, or they might fall out through those doors and windows that have been opening magnetically throughout the course of the game and go out onto the board. And so that's why how like bad things spread and you can get good abilities if they come out on your side. As he was describing the physical tower to me, my mind was just kind of like fully blown. I can't, They've, they've hired like mechanical engineers and electronic engineers and a whole bunch of people to develop this thing. And it sounds amazing. We were playing with an app that was kind of simulating what the tower will do. And I will admit the game took longer than I feel like it should, but they are in very early stages of testing the different scenarios. And the one that we played specifically had never been played before. He pulled out one of the scenarios that he had not touched yet. So Mm. I'm not going to judge it based on that. It it was a lot of fun. The mechanics seemed solid and I'm amped. I'm so excited about this dang game. Coming to Kickstarter around October-ish, I would say if you are a fan of these older style games or even just cooperative games in general, it is one that you will want to take a look at for sure. Yeah, that tower sounds really neat. (laughs) I just, that's the thing. I was just like, how? Why? What? Like, no, it's it's too good. I can't even. So obviously we're not going to be able to talk about all of the games that we played that we liked, but I did want to mention a couple of others. I played a couple of roll and write games that were really fun. Rolled West, that's R-O-L-L-E-D, which is a roll and write version of Gold West. And it was funny, I told Mandy when she was teaching it to me that I've never played Gold West before, but then when I was at game night this week, my friend Greg was like, Crystal, you've played Gold West. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Apparently at MeepleCon like three or four years ago, we played Gold West and I just fully forgot. And it's not that the game is forgettable because once Greg reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that game. But like, I think that it's just because I only played it once at a convention. So like my brain kind of just forgot it. And this is before I was tracking games. So I couldn't look it up, obviously. But yeah, as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. But the roll and write game is is not enough similar to it to remind me of it, I guess. Um, and then I also played Fleet, the dice game, which pe- a lot of people are saying is kind of like the roll and write for people who don't like roll and writes because it's a little heavier and more strategic. And I would agree with that. And it was really fun. I liked it too. Hmm. I want to try that sometime. Yeah, some other games that I liked, uh, I got to try Letter Jam, uh, which was a demo. Yeah, uh, Letter Jam was fun. I demoed yes. it too. It, it's a cooperative word game. It's coming out at Gen Con. But it's cooperative board game with deduction. So you have these letters that you don't know what they are. 
so they're facing out so other people can see them and they're making words with your letters and by the words that they're making you're trying to figure out what your letter is so I, I really had fun with that and it's interesting trying to think up of words that will point you to the right letter because you can't do something that that could be a lot of different letters because right like doesn't so give if, them any information <laughs> yeah like if uh so if i can see the letters o l and d around the table and somebody spells a word with my letter first and then those three letters in order o l d i don't necessarily know what my letter is because yeah. it could be a c it could be a g it could a be a T, you know, like there's a lot of different options. So it's interesting strategically to try and pick words where people will definitely know what their letter is. And Mm -hmm. so like at one point somebody had a P in front of them and one of the community letters was a U. So I I told everyone, I was like, I know it seems silly, but I'm making a two letter word. And I just did U and then I put a token in front of the P and the guy was like, oh, I know what my letter is now (laughs) because he hadn't been able to figure it out yet. So... That one was fun. Did you um, did you get to try point salad in the hot game uh, section? Oh, yes. Yes, I tried that. Um, I really liked really point salad quite a bit. It's a slight card game, but I really enjoyed that one a lot. And that one's coming out at Gen Con as well. Oh, that one's not out yet? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure which ones are out because... They were there at the hot games. I know. I had the same issue. I was like, is this released? Uh, like uh, Z taught me a game called Tricky Tides, which mm-hmm. is a combination of a trick taking game and a pick up and deliver game, which I was like, wait, what? That's weird. And I was like, oh, is this in Europe or is it not released yet? And he's like, uh, they were selling it at Origins. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess it's released. I don't know. But that one was fun and interesting too. Yeah. Oh, and then one that I liked, um, and I know it's released because I bought one, <laughs> it is Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, which is, I had wanted to try because I really like Lord of the Rings. And um, it's a cooperative board game that's similar to Mansions of Madness. You have an app and you're going around uh, doing campaign stuff, like exploring and going to different things. And then the way, instead of rolling dice to do any skill checks, you flip over cards. So you have a deck and there's some deck building in there, which is pretty interesting. So we played it and we enjoyed it a lot. And so we bought it. (laughs) I actually bought a lot more games at this convention than we usually buy because usually we buy like one or zero and we bought like three, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that's exponentially so much more. Yes. (laughs) So it's funny. Games like that kind of make me not sad, but like jealous because the intellectual properties that I love the most are things like Star Trek, which are a little less popular. And a game, like if I ever had a game like that, that was Star Trek themed, I would be so happy. Yeah. And I, I don't mind Lord of the Rings, but it's just not an IP that's ever like resonated super strongly with me. And so yeah. I'm like, I, I kind of like, it sounds interesting, but I'm just like not as interested in it. Mm-hmm. So I just need to like more popular things, I guess. I don't know. Well, Toby doesn't really like Lord of the Rings, but he enjoyed the game. So so I was hoping that he liked it so that we could finally get a Lord of the Rings game. Nice. I do want to try it at some point. I I like Mansions of Madness a lot. So it feels like one that I should definitely check out. Yeah. And also for our whole group that played it, like our group were the people that played Indonesia together. We play like heavier, like... And we've played HNXX with our friends too. So it's like, but all of us used to play Arkham Horror a lot. It's like, that was one of our first board games. And so it was reminiscent of playing Arkham Horror, but but like more streamlined because it has the app doing a lot of the work for you. So we we all enjoyed it a lot. Very cool. 
I also got to try the new Wolfgang Warsh game that hasn't come out in the US mm, yet. Mm-hmm. The it'll be in English it'll be called The Taverns of Tiefenthal. Yeah. I am not gonna try and pronounce the German <laughs> name. All I know is every time I tried to pronounce it, Dave Luza would like very kindly just like be like, it's this. <laughs> I was like, thank you, because I can't yeah. do it. So it's already out in Germany, but you can't get it in the US yet unless you order it from overseas, uh, but North Star Games is bringing it to the US at the end of this year. So I don't think, I don't think it's coming out at any of the conventions. I don't know, maybe they'll have copies of it, but so I got to try that. And it is, people have been comparing it to Quacks of Quedlinburg, another Wolfgang Morsch game. And I don't quite know why that is. I, it's, maybe it doesn't- Maybe just the drawing. Wait, yeah, no, I don't know. Cause you- it's a, <laughs> yeah. It seems different to me. I don't feel like it's very similar cause it's not really a yeah. push your luck game. You are drawing yeah, cards from a deck, but like you're not really pushing your luck. You just draw until you can't anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's neat because it's a deck building game where all of the cards you acquire go directly onto the top of your deck. So you know that you'll be drawing mm-hmm. them on your next turn. And you're basically managing a tavern. You're, you know, hiring waitresses and getting beer and patrons that'll pay you money for said beer um, and schnapps. You get little tiny cups of (laughs) schnapps that are really cute. I liked it quite a bit. I don't think it's my favorite of Wolfgang Morsch's games, but I liked it like every other game that he's released. So (laughs) yeah, I liked it too. Um. And then at the end of the game, you just have so many cards out. <laughs> like, I, I almost went through my whole deck at the end because I had a bunch of extra tables so you could have extra patrons and you could have a bunch of cards out and then all these yeah. spaces where you can do stuff. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, I will... Oh, I this, this kind of... Uh, we, a few episodes ago, or not too long ago, talked about awards in mm. gamings. And I said that I had not played one of the Spiel des Jahres nominees, which is Llama. And I got to play Llama at Dice Tower Con. Did you get to play this one? No, I want to try it. Well, temper your excitement because it's not that good. Oh. And I I don't know what I was expecting. It's a Reiner Knizia game. He's obviously a very good designer who has designed a lot of really neat games. And it was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres. So I was expecting something at least mildly impressive. And this game is a solid meh. Like... <laughs> I, a lot of people are comparing it to Uno, and I kind of see why. It is a, honestly a little less complex than Uno. Hmm. You So in I can describe the whole game in probably about 20 seconds. You have cards in your hands that have numbers on them from 1 to 6, and then there are cards with llamas on them. When it's your turn, you can either play a card from your hand, draw a card, or quit the round entirely. And when you play cards, they have to be either the same number or one higher than the card that's currently on the top of the pile. So you look at the pile and you're like, can I play a card? Yes, play it. No? And then at the end of the round, you score points, which are bad based on the cards left in your hand. And you're trying to go out first. Llamas are really bad points wise. Other cards can be stacked. So if you have three threes in your hand at the end of the round, it only counts as three points because like cards get grouped together. So there's a tiny bit of strategy in like, do you keep playing cards or do you go out early? I, I it's It was just boring. I, I was, I don't know. If this wins the spiel, I'll be shocked. I don't understand why it was nominated, to be honest. If you have like young kids, it's it would probably be an okay card game for like, that but even as a family game i think there are card games that are just as easy to learn that are way more interesting and i don't get to hate on games that often and i honestly <laughs> like this one just super disappointing <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> we did get to play strike together which was fun yes 
I mean, if we went fun. to a convention, if both of us were at a convention and we didn't play Strike, I like that would <laughs> the end, the world would end. So, and it was funny because multiple people came up to me during the course of the convention and they were like, do you have Strike with you? And I was like, oh, I have Strike with me. <laughs> I was like, I will teach you Strike anytime. So I got to teach a bunch of people that had never played it before. Um, and that was great. Including Paula Deming from Ooh. Things Get Dicey. Mm-hmm. Her videos, I love them so oh, much. so good. Yeah. I just, she's a brilliant content creator and a wonderful human being. And I am so happy that I got to meet her. I also got to meet uh, Kiki, Christina Amaretto, for the first time. I had never met her in person. She gave me the biggest hug in the whole world. And it was just delightful. As soon as she hugged me, she ran over and jumped on me and hugged me. And I told her, I was like, well, guess what? We're staying like this for the rest of the week (laughs) because it's the best hug ever. And we actually got to play Slide Quest with her for a little while. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. But honestly, just like, there's so many wonderful women making board game stuff now. And I'm so happy that I'm getting to meet more of them. Yeah, it's fun. So at the convention, we had the opportunity to play a game with one of our Patreon supporters. Yay! Shout out to Charles, who is awesome. He messaged us before the con, so he backs at the level where he can play a game with us at a convention. And he asked to play Deception Murder in Hong Kong with us. And since Mm -hmm. Ambie and I both really like that game, we said, heck yes! (laughs) And we got a big group together and we played... Did we play two or three times? Um, I played twice and then I had to go... So I don't know if you guys played again after that. I don't remember. <laughs> it was yeah. a long day. And we got we to do the expansion played. too, which I hadn't yeah. played before. We played with yeah. the expansion. And Deception is published by our sponsor, Gray Fox Games. But you all know we loved this game before Gray Fox was ever sponsoring our show. So yeah. we don't care. We'll talk about how much we love it and how much we love Gray Fox because they're awesome. So, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so Charles suggested this. We got a big group together. We played it. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to be the forensic scientist once. And Charles was real sneaky. He Mm -hmm. won two games or he was the murderer once. And then he figured out the murderer once. Man, my con brain. I think he figured out the murderer both times. Oh, he figured it out both times. He was just really smart is all I know. (laughs) Yeah, I was the inside man the second time. And I was like thinking about, so the inside man can take away someone's guess partway through the game. And they're on the side of the murderer. So I was thinking of taking away Charles's because he, because he had guessed it last time. But I was like, no, that's too, <laughs> like, no, that's too mean. And so I took away someone else's, but I should have taken away his. Yeah. I got, so I was the murderer in my second game and I thought I had it. I was like, I'm doing a really good job of just kind of like gently pushing people toward other people's mm-hmm. stuff. And then I still got figured out. And I was like, dang it. I was like, I was toward the end of the game. So I I lasted quite a while, but, and I was not able to figure out who, the problem is, here's the problem, Ambie, your husband is very smart. And so I always like, just because he's so smart and and able to figure things out, he always kind of looks like the uh, witness witness because you're just like, he knows things. He clearly knows things. No, no, he's just smart. (laughs) Someone else is the witness and watch next time I play with him. I'll probably be like, it's definitely not Toby. And then it'll be Toby who was the witness with my luck. We also both played the new Pandemic game at the convention, Pandemic Rapid Response, which is Mm. the real-time game that is designed by Kane Klinko, the same designer who did Fuse and Flatline. And you really like real-time games, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, because we both played it, but not together. Yeah, so it was pretty easy to learn. Like, I actually learned it and taught it to a few groups of people in the hot games section. And... I liked it, but I don't know if it was like anything special for a real-time cooperative game. 
the it was different because it was it's turn-based so you're not always doing something because you're taking turns in the real time so like it's timed while you're taking turns kind of which is weird so I, I don't think I liked that part as much as normal real-time games where you're always doing something so yeah. so it's like people can still quarterback because when it's not your turn you can just tell the other people like what's happening so that that was kind of weird but it was enjoyable I feel like I did that a little bit. Like I try yeah, yeah. not to quarterback <laughs> in a real time or in a, in a cooperative game, mm-hmm. but I feel like when when that timer is running, yeah, it happens my, more. my brain, like my filter that can typically be like, "Crystal, let so and so take their turn and just uh-huh. figure things out or whatever." But when that timer's running and I'm, you know, I you guys know me, I'm already like kind of <laughs> at an 11 in like intensity on an average day so in a real-time game with a timer running like yeah i'm i'm at like a 14 i think <laughs> and so it's not that i'm trying to tell people what to do i'm just trying to play the game and my brain mm-hmm. won't let me shut up yeah. <laughs> basically i mean so, i was doing that too <laughs> so. yeah like no no no, you can do this you can do this you can, and, and honestly for me especially like when somebody was kind of just frozen up with their last couple of dice i was like let's just go on to the next yeah. turn just go go yeah. go and i hopefully i didn't i don't think i bothered anybody but i will i will apologize in case anyone I played with was like crystal chill uh for the record I have no chill ever so (laughs) that's just my normal state of being but yeah it was fun I liked it I will agree that it didn't feel like completely unique or not necessarily like special or innovative but I liked it more than I thought I was going to Mm -hmm. it was fun and I think especially for a lighter pandemic experience or a lo- you know, just a kind of a generic real-time game. It was mm-hmm. solid. It was fun. I liked it. I don't know if... This is definitely not one I'm going to buy. I don't need yeah. it in my collection. But if somebody wanted to play it, I would. And in fact, somebody brought it to game night the Thursday after Dice Tower Con. And I was like, hey, I can help teach that. Let's play it. It'll take 15 minutes. So... Yeah. Well, that's most of the games that we played at Dice Tower Con, but there were a few others as well. If you want to hear more about our thoughts on the games we played, uh, tweet at us. Ask about it. See what's happening. And uh, we can always talk more. We might talk about some of these games more in depth in the future as we play them again or something else like that. But yeah, we had a really wonderful time. If you came up and said hello at Dice Tower Con, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate hearing from you all that you listen to the podcast, that you watch our video content on the Dice Tower. It really, truly means the world to us. And we also really liked getting to play games with so many different people at the convention. So... Thank you, like from the bottom of our hearts for, you know, just being there and supporting us. We we really, truly appreciate it more than I can put into words. Also, if you want to hear more about what we played or see some videos of what we played, we made a vlog of our time at Dice Tower Con and it is out now on the Dice Tower's YouTube channel in two parts. And it's also on our website. So you can go check that out. Yeah, we vlogged a whole bunch the first couple days and not as much the last couple days, which Typical. is kind of always what happens. I think as my as I get more tired throughout the week, like my brain just doesn't click. Be mm-hmm. like, hey, vlog a thing, vlog a thing. Uh, I did better on the last day, but Saturday I literally recorded one video <laughs> late at night. I was in the hallway with Emerson Matsuuchi and I was like, oh no, I need to record something for today. <laughs> so I made Emerson be the whole vlog for Saturday, basically, yeah. which was funny. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Reavers of Midgard is releasing at Gen Con, so prepare yourself for an exciting new gaming experience in this follow-up to the hit game, Champions of Midgard. Gray Fox Games 
Quality games cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the show, you can rate and review us on your podcast provider or consider becoming a patron. For as little as $1 a month, you can unlock access to unedited episodes and our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, I stay out to the morning light. My roommate says, when you're gonna end games tonight? Oh, my friend, aren't we the fortunate ones? Cause gamers, we get to have fun. Oh, gamers just wanna have fun. Bye, everyone. Bye. Downforce and my brain is not working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? What have we Why can about? Fireball Island? Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> By awful, I'm being a little bit hyperbol hyper hyperbolic, hyperbolic. What? Ha- Why can't hyper? I think it's hyperbolic, right? I don't... Hyperbolic. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna back up. <laughs> Time. If you came up to us at Gen Con, oh God, <laughs> not Gen Con. <laughs> Already planning ahead. Oh, my, my brain. We made a vlog of our time at Dice Tower. No, Dice Tower Con. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking the thing that says hard. Dice Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Bum, ba, bum, 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 alliteration time. It's alliteration time, everyone. In our last episode, we asked you to retheme a cooperative game about fireworks so it would appeal to a very dapper looking purse. What game was that, Ambie? That was Handsome Handbag Hanabi. Yeah, we definitely had correct guesses this time, so congratulations if you got it right. This episode, we are asking you to retheme a game about finding a murderer for reliable medical professionals. Good luck, everyone.